success, which means things are sort of things are okay. Let's hope it fucking stays that way. Uh, Comcast is having a shitty night, so everybody, everybody, you cross your fingers, do a fucking rain dance, s- sacrifice something. I don't, I don't, I don't know what everybody adheres to, but let's let's try to keep this going as, as long as possible. Now that I've said that, the whole fucking thing's probably gonna come crashing down again. Uh, but anyway, Comcast heard you talking shit. Yeah, they did. They, yeah, no, dude, they did. They uh, they saw me celebrating the um, they're dropping out of trying to acquire the um, the Marvel. Or the X Men, yeah, the Fox yeah, yeah, and and now now the fucking ninjas are here. So uh, anyway, <clears throat> um, things seem to be running okay. I'm gonna turn my mic down just a little bit. Uh, but anyway, this is once again we are. This is episode 117 of, of SDGC. As always, I am uh, one of your hosts, John, aka at Mr. Negative on Twitter. Um, and uh, Justin is here. Sam from uh, Sam from Tick is here. Sam, what's up, dude? It's always a pleasure to have you on. Not much, just slipping in. I'm like Kramer, just no knocking, just barge in, open the door. That's it. <laughs> you're like fridge. you're like our go-to guy. You're like our you're like our you're you're our guy waiting in the reserves. It's the best kind of neighbor, the one pretty, that comes pretty, in and eats all your food. It really is. It really is. No, no no hellos. No how you doing? How was work? Just hey, you're out of juice. What's up with that? I need to. We need <laughs> we need that sound jingle from Seinfeld whenever you come into the podcast. Little, yeah, the little slap. Yeah, face. yeah, that little. Yeah, that's exactly what we need. We, whenever we can whenever. make that happen. We'll find a way. Uh, we we need to. Find, well, yeah, life needs to find a way. And uh, Brandon is here. Um, because Brandon Brandon has missed. I think th- we've been doing this for like two and a half years now. Brandon has missed. I think a total of three episodes the entire yeah, maybe time. Three. Yeah, may, maybe three. Um, and and Kyle Kyle Foley is here. Uh, this is Kyle's second time on the podcast. He's been begging me for like two weeks to play. State of Decay 2 with him, and but I'm sorry, man. I can't tear myself away from Octopath Traveler right now. It's I can't do it, man. I'm hooked. I can't. I can't blame you. It's... I just really the only reason for that is just I want to play that game and I refuse to touch it until I can. I have people to play with. Dude, it's so fucking good. It is so fucking good. I, I can't get over it. So like, and, and like, I want to talk about that real quick because, uh, uh, Sam, have you have you played Octopath Traveler yet? I oh have no, not no, no. I, I was talking about uh, State of Decay. 2. Oh, State of Decay Two. Octopath. Yeah, I've been playing Octopath Traveler for for whatever it's been a week now. I haven't played as much as you, but I've been playing it. I mean, I've I've played a lot of I'm like th- almost forty hours into the game, and it came out Friday. So I've been playing a lot right. of I've been playing a <laughs> lot of Octopath Traveler. And uh, uh, anybody else on here have, have has anybody else on here played that yet? Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't have a I really yet, want so. to, but haven't been able to yet. So Octopath Traveler. Um, you know, I have been going through like a period of bad depression and anxiety for like the past three months. And as anybody who knows me knows very well, I am a child of the Super Nintendo era. My favorite game of all time is Final Fantasy VI. Oh, I just hit the microphone. Uh, so when I have been interested in Octopath Traveler, despite its stupid fucking name, since we first saw it, it's a, it's a pretty bad. It's name. a bad name, dude. I'm not even gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna bullshit. I'm, I'm not gonna. I mean, wait, so when when they first announced that it's Project Octopath Traveler, like one would assume that they were going to improve the name. Like, so I am Setsuna was announced as Project Setsuna, and then they added the I am. They dropped the project and added the I am, and I am Setsuna is a pretty good name for that game, right? So I figured they were gonna do the same thing with Octopath. You know, drop the project, yeah. And work around the word Octopath somehow, or work around the word Traveler. But nope, they just dropped Project, just went straight Octopath Traveler. Well, like, like, I will say this, though, like that is not a name people are going to forget. No, it is a very, very... But it, also, but it also might be one that, like, 
I don't know. It, it, it's just a very awkward sound. It's too sound. vague. Yeah, it's awesome. it's an awkward sounding name. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go on, John. So no, I was just I was just gonna say that it um like in the context of the game, it makes sense because there are there are, you know eight separate stories being told, and I'm, I'm like I don't want to like lead anybody astray who who hasn't played it yet. Like I am so like I've I've already seen the final boss and, and all that because I don't I don't really give a shit about spoiling myself and stuff like this. But I do know that, I mean, these are eight separate stories, and there is some character interaction in the form of little vignettes. They call them, like, you know, it's like character interactions or travel stories. Sort of like, is that, that I, so I haven't played Octopath Traveler, but they, have you played Star Ocean, like the old Star Ocean? Yeah, well, it's, you know what, Brandon, you know what I would compare it more to is Tales. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how you got the two characters standing in front of each other, and they're they're just, there's yeah. just dialogue back and forth. Yeah, it's very similar to Tales. Um it's a little jarring at first because when these characters are going through their different stories and like confronting the villain of each chapter or whatever, like there's those other characters aren't present on the screen, but when the battle starts, everybody's there. However, when these little character vignettes are happening and the two characters are, are, you know, whoever's talking back and forth is talking to each other. They're talking like they were there experiencing those events. Um, so there is character. So like, you know, People say there's no character interaction. That's not 100% true. There is character interaction. These stories... Yeah, like, like like these characters are very much present in those people's... In, in these stories. It's just the, the, the focus for each story is on that individual character. Um, that makes sense. The, uh, the, and I'm sure you guys have seen uh, gameplay videos, but the, the, like, the, the battle sprites for this game are fucking it's, gorgeous. It's Final Fantasy VI on crack. It is. It, it, go, go ahead, man. It, it is a gorgeous game. Like, I I haven't seen much of it, but, like, um, you know, I watched, like, the Digital Foundry uh, video on it. I've seen a bunch of screenshots and stuff, and I really love the way they've combined, like, modern effects with, like, 3D pixel art. It's really yeah. cool. Uh, I've see, I seen that in chat. says, what are you guys talking about? We're talking about Octopath Trevor uh, uh, right now, man. But the, um, kind of going off of, of the stuff you're talking about, John, with the, the it's kind of a limited character interaction, and that's one of the things where you and I disagree on the level of greatness of the game. Yeah, is to me, it's it is it is arguably, and I'm someone who generally prefers a more realistic looking game. I don't play a ton of retro stuff as much. Not that I don't like it; it's just not entirely my preference. Um, but this game is beautiful every time. I mean, I've tweeted out screenshots, and I'd be like, "This is the most." beautiful game i think i've ever seen it's incredible but the storytelling to me is so bland that it it's not that it's bland it's that it doesn't live up to what the game looks like if that makes sense when i look at this game looking at this and i'm looking like yeah this is going to be the greatest story there's going to be so much interaction it's going to there's going to be so much depth to it and maybe it gets better as i go on i've only played about 15 hours of the game so maybe there's a lot more that i'm missing so far, I've gone through five character stories, and I've not really gotten that. I mean, some of them are cool, and I've gone through them like, okay, I like your backstory. There's some interesting stuff here. I'm enjoying this, but it feels very shallow to me on that level. So I'm going to gently push back on you and just say that I'm not going to disagree with you. And I, and I do – and like I think we've talked about this actually on Twitter, but I do understand all the criticisms that people might have against the story, right? Like they're – you know, it's – this is not your typical JRPG where, uh, you know, a, a group of, you know, disparate people get together and they run off and they save the world from, you know, deus ex mocking a bad guy, right? Like, that's that's not what's going on here. These are very personalized, very individually told stories. 
that was the impression that I always got from 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 Square Enix. Like from day one, you know, they said there are eight different paths you can travel, eight different stories to tell. Um, I never really got the sense that there was going to be an overarching narrative tying everything together. So I guess going into it with that expectation, I, I am I am the, more than satisfied. Like, but like that's such a good format for JRPGs. I mean, even Final Fantasy VI itself does that twice. Like, so you have the part at the beginning of Final Fantasy VI where the party splits up and you have to choose the different vignettes. And then also at the yeah. end, at the end, once the world of ruin occurs, you have that part where you have to get the party back together. Yeah. It's, it's, it's again, a part yeah. where you're, you're seeing little vignettes of the individual characters, but then they all come together and they continue the main plot. Yeah, and it, it, it worked uh, perfectly. Well, and, and my thing's not that I was expecting it. I, I knew what it was going in. I knew that it was eight individualized personal stories for these characters. My thing is, I was hoping there would be more interaction when you bring party members in. I mean, this seems so dumb, but even in cutscenes, when you're going through someone's specific story, and you're not seeing the other characters really involved at all... I mean, it's jarring, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's incredibly little... Like, I look at this game, and I, I would probably say it's a 9 out of 10. Like, this is not criticism where I'm saying, oh, this game's awful, I, I don't understand how people like it. But it's just those, I, because it looks so great, and because there, I think a lot of it's because there was so much hype behind it, there's a lot of it's like, oh, I just wish this would have been better. I just wish this would have been more connected. If it wanted to be, if I wanted to consider it one of my top, like, of all time. But that doesn't take away from the fact that it, it is an absolutely incredible game that I, I mean, I've been spending not as much time as I probably spent on, you know, God of War, where when I started playing that, I, I couldn't stop. But this is one of those games where I've been playing it and I've been really, really into it. It's definitely a great game, probably one of the best games of the year. See, but there's enough that holds it back from being one of the best, even of like the decade. So for me, like I have done, like this is one of those games that's in my head. We all get those games here, right? Like that game that you can't stop thinking about when you're not playing it. Octopath Traveler is that game for me right now. When I'm not playing it, I want to be playing it. When I'm not, when I'm not playing it, I'm thinking about it. Um, it's been a long time since a game has wrote me in uh, like this. And I said on Twitter, like, at, at almost 40 hours in, I am it is I am confident in saying this is if, easy front-runner for Game of the Year for me right now, and it's up there in one of my favorite games of all time. Like, I'm fucking in love with this game. It's the, See, it is the best battle system in any JRPG I have ever played. Like, it, my, hand da my, hands down. My big disagreement with you, and we argued this on Twitter, was Game of the Year, and I don't... I mean, I, and I've been comparing it to God of War because God of... God of War is my game of the year right now, and I don't think anything has come close to touching it. And it's where I look at to, the, and I like both of them, but God of War doesn't have those big flaws that I look at and go, "Ooh, that was that could have been much better. That should have been." And I totally get that. Like, I, I, I mean, I totally understand that. I mean, God of God of War for me is probably, I would say, my my right now my runner up for game of the year. Um, and it's probably the. I would uh, Sam, Sam, and and Justin and and Brandon like we're, like would you agree? God of War is probably one of the best games of the year. Oh yeah, um, it, it, it's my front runner for game of the year right now. Yeah, so. my mine too. It's my, the only AAA game I've played all year. My yeah. thing with that is it, looking at the two is that one of them had been accurately in my mind defined as uh, generation defining. God of War came out. People had said this is one of the greatest games of the generation, of this console generation, not just one of the greatest of this year. And I, when I first played it, I tweeted about this too. When I was like four hours in, I was like, that's stupid. This game's not that great. And then when I just sat and played for the next 20 hours straight, I was like, holy shit, I don't think I've ever played anything this good. Which is, I, I have. I Looking back and having some time separated, I have played things that are really good. 
but it still stands above it, looking at just the PlayStation 4 it it's it's I could probably say that it's the best PlayStation 4 game. Yeah. I look at Octopath and, and Traveler and I, and I don't think I can say it's the best Switch game and we're early in the console but, Yeah, that's what I was going to say the PS4 has been out for 5 years yeah. which is a year right. and a half. So is it somebody somebody in chat who was that? Somebody in chat uh oh it's Dio, Dio. Um, he says Octopath's soundtrack is one of the best of all time, and I fucking agree. I, like, I listened yes. to that final boss theme. It's a darn good one. It, it was pretty hot. Dude, well, I, that, that's I, just phase one. I don't one. like listening to soundtrack stuff out of the context of a thing, so I, I, I haven't I, I don't, really heard much I don't normally either, but I, I know I'm never going to play Octopath Traveler unless it gets ported. I, um... Part of what's made Octopath Traveler so cool is it's been this... We're going back to games that we haven't seen in a long time. Like... Really, yeah. really well made games from the '90s is basically what this is yeah. emulating. Well, and, and the, the ones that we've had are have just been indie titles. What been really good, but they haven't been quite at this level. And so I think that's what's made it a, as big of a success. I mean, it's a great game, but I think that's also what's helped push it up a little. Well, and what's really I, I think... go ahead, don't no, Justin. Oh, no, 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 uh, go, go. I, I think one of the cool things about it is like, especially Square Enix has kind of been guilty of. The, oh, people don't want this type of RPG retro anymore. Yeah. Um, well, not even just the retro graphics, but even like turn-based battle systems, like yeah, sure. moving more towards real time and stuff. Um, and I think um, it's just kind of a sign that there are still people that really do care about this like classic style of RPG. Um, and I, th I think that's you know a good thing um, instead of just you know Square trying to make everything some variation of like ff15 or something like that or kingdom hearts or something like now they can kind of like diversify among their various other franchises well let's talk about that for a minute right because yeah. i think you know there's something very important about octopath trailer that we're not mentioning and that's sales right like so this game is yeah so so square enix was not prepared for how well this game was going i mean to... satsuna did nothing yes yeah, Satsuna. well satsuna was a an average it was okay Right, like, yeah. like, like, Setsuna didn't move the needle for like it was comfort food RPG stuff, but it was, I mean, it was Chrono Trigger, but not as good. Um, but Octopath Traveler has been like it's sold out on Amazon, it's sold out in Japan, like you cannot find it on, in retail in Japan. I to apologize for the low shipment. I actually, I got, I, I got curious today on my way home from work, and I stopped at two Game Stops and one Best Buy, and it was sold out at all three of them. Um, so and. You know, it's, it's Square Enix, Brandon. Yeah, they didn't they they issued an apology. And, and, they apologized you know, for the the low volume of J Japanese. Copies. Yeah, in Japan, in Japan, like, like it. They, I think they said it would have cleared like two hundred k copies opening week if they had shipped enough. That's yeah. unbelievable. Oh, well, so so you know what that means, right? Like that means that we are going to get more games that yeah. look and sound well, just like this. Yeah. Well, they, they're expanding that studio, aren't they? Yes. Like, um, and, and don't forget, this is the this is the Bravely Default team. So yeah, like, like they just I think announced that they're expanding that studio. And so, like, I, I couldn't be happier because it tells me and it tells everybody that there is a there's a desire for you know games that look like this. There's a desire. There's a market for games like this. I could not be happier because and again, like i you know it goes along with like the backlash against the final fantasy 6 pc port yep. like they they heard that they heard that feedback that like people don't like oh god can, can you but... brandon can you imagine final fantasy 6 remade 
in the style of Octopath Traveler. Yeah, yeah, the greatest, the greatest thing ever. I, I would be there day one. I would. So, so Brandon, let me ask you this. Also, of the opinion that Final Fantasy VI doesn't need a remake. It doesn't. It doesn't. And and I I right. I, I played it yet again. On I I finished it t- again two weeks ago. I've on Super Nintendo or on the SNES Classic because I finished that game. I play it annually. Wouldn't say no um, to an Unreal Engine. I would. I I would not say no. Let me, Brandon. Would you buy a Switch if it was a Switch exclusive Final Fantasy VI remake, like Octopath Traveler? No, because I know it would never stay a Switch exclusive. You're well, yeah. You're probably right about that. There's, yeah, you, but, yeah, you know Square Enix too. They well. would never remake Final Fantasy VI and leave it as a Switch exclusive. So, so no, I wouldn't. But I mean, you know what I think about it, yeah. Oh my god! But and like, dude, that 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 soundtrack. I, I sent Brandon the the track listing for the final boss, at least the phase one of it. And Brand, Brandon, how 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 sexy is that? Like it was, I mean, yeah, it's real good. It, I like I, it doesn't top my favorites of the SNES era, but it was like it evoked those. It, it does, yeah. It that really, yeah, it really evokes those, and uh, it kind of really draws from that. And um, I, so I, and I will say, Kyle, like without spoiling anything, so I know how the game ends. There is a, there is an ending to the game. Um, and that, that's all I'm going to say. Like, there is something that brings everything together at the end. Um, getting any further into that, he's getting into spoiler territory, and I, I don't want to go there. Um, but if you keep going, it's not just eight separate stories. I, I will say that. There is something yeah. at the end that, that brings everything together. Um, there's a few things you have to do in order to trigger that, but it, it does happen. So, And whether or not you're going to be satisfied with that, I, I leave that to you to discover. Well, I, I've already been satisfied. I mean, it's one of, like I said, I'm being really nitpicky, and part of that's just because it's really fun to argue with you. <laughs> but, it's, but it's no, it, it's a it's a it's a great game. It's an incredible game, and at the end of the year, it's gonna be in my top five. There's no doubt about that. Partially because there's really other than Spider-Man and Red Dead Redemption Two. Is Red Dead Redemption Two still this year? I can't even. Remember. It's yeah, apparently. Yeah, it is. I mean, theoretically, still this year. We'll see if that changes. I I, should... I, I don't ever believe them when they say that's going to come out. But anyway, my, my point is there's not that many games coming out throughout the rest of the year that I'm thinking, okay, this is going to compete as a as a true frontrunner. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we'll, we'll see. But this game is great. I love it. And uh, the things that I would like to change about it are only things that would make it one of the greatest of all time but it doesn't stop it from being one of the best I've played in, in a long time. And I don't play those kind of games. I don't play JRPGs very often. I certainly don't play uh, any type of turn-based anything other than Pokemon, really. So it's well, really out of my wheelhouse, and it's pulled me in very easily. Well, and like I so said, this is... an incredible game. You know, like I said, the battle system in this is one of the best I've ever played. The break system is a little similar to Bravely Default in where, you know, you can build up, uh, you can build up turns every round... And then expend them, but what's you know kind of the wrench that's thrown into that is that each enemy has a little a little break meter, which is just a shield icon with a number on it, right? And you've got to and there's a bunch of question marks underneath it, and you've got to figure out which weapon or spell will bring that down. So, like for example, I was just fighting uh, right before we came on the podcast. I was fighting one of the bosses. He had and he had a shield. He had like a shield level of nine and five question marks. So I knew that there were five weapons or spells that I could use to bring that down. And when it hits zero, the boss or enemy, whatever, you know, any enemy you're fighting enters a break status where it's stunned for a round and damage is increased. And that's when you just sit there and you wail on it. You wow. spend all those points. So, but, the, but there's that risk and reward going on, right? It's like, okay, well, you know, this thing is charging a big attack. It's got five shields left. Do I expend all this now and bring the shield down as quickly as I can? 
um, only to find out that my attacks are weaker, or do I do I save it and hope that I can live through this thing, and then slowly whittle the shield down, and then so, you, use all those points that have been built up to just wail on it really hard. So it's, how is the difficulty for someone that's experienced with JRPG? It's difficult. It's not an easy game. Kyle, what do you think? Um, yeah, it's it's relatively difficult at times. There's other times where I'm breezing through things, but a part of that is because I'm so used to in my limited experience in this genre, grinding out as often as I can. Yeah. So I I have no problem with wasting time grinding. So I, I do that excessively and repeatedly. So by the time I get to the parts where I, I, I otherwise would have been a lot faster, kind of a, I, a little stronger. I'll, I should, I'll, I'll it's still it, difficult. I'll tell you this much, in chapter two, there are, in chapter two is where you hit a big difficulty spike. Um, and yes. it's, the, the bosses in chapter two get a lot more difficult uh than than the boss and what's interesting brandon is that in chapter one everything scales right like there's one boss okay. there, there's one boss called helganish he's like a bad guy and you fight him he's primrose's chapter one villain and if you fight okay. him just with primrose he's not that bad but if you save primrose for like your fourth character and at that point you have you have a full party then, oh, okay. then he starts then his attacks hit the whole party and he attacks for much more damage so everything is scaling uh -huh. Um, I, I I love that. I yeah. love because I at first I was like, wait, every single one of these recommended level five is way too easy to breeze through and pick them all up. Yep. And then I get through the first one. I went and picked up Alfin, and it goes, oh, now it's seven. I was like, huh. So my uh, Therion is at seven, but Alfin's only at five. So I'm a little under level for this. So I grinded, and I got the next one done, and then it goes up even more. And I, yep. That's again, it, there are there's so many things about this game that I appreciate. It. it that my complaints seem so minor. One, it's, and it's, it's one of the game. it's one of the best scaling systems I've seen in an RPG. To be perfectly I, honest, I mean, with you. It, like it says enough about Octopath, just that like it's being compared to the masterpieces, the classics. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's gonna fall short in some ways. It's it it doesn't have the budget. It doesn't you know it's not gonna be Final Fantasy VI too. But but but, but it doesn't need to be right. Like it's got to be somebody else's Final Fantasy VI. And and I'll I'll end on this and then we'll move on to our our open world topic. But what you know. Um, my son is 10 years old and he'll be here tomorrow, but he has seen me playing the demo and he came downstairs and he, he's just like me. He's going to grow to be just like me, big nerd. And he, you know, he came downstairs and he had a switch in his hand and he saw me playing and he says, he says, you know, daddy, what's that? And I said, oh, this is a, this is, this is, Octopus I just, Traveler. it just fucking looks like a piece of art. Well, like and, and, he, and he's looking at it and he's like, this looks awesome. And I was like, yeah, you know, like this is, and I, I so then I was like, he was like, it, it's like Final Fantasy, Dad. It's like that game, you know. It's it's like the game that you love when you were my, age, you know, not not his age, but. And I was like, yeah, I know, right? And then and so he downloaded the demo. Like I was, do you want to download the demo and try it? He goes, yeah, yeah. So, you know, this. So so games like this. I love the fact that games like this, like my son is going to grow up with a style of game that 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 is my personal favorite. It means so much to me on a personal level. Um, and the fact that it's selling well, which means we're gonna get more games like this, is even better. Um, and, uh, and I mean, not just, not just from square. I mean, this sends a message to every, everybody, RPGs, yeah. everybody, well, everybody like, you know, like, and, and uh, Brandon, I'll tell you right now, if this, if this game had just been another like flat 2d pixel game, it, it wouldn't. And like, I, it's, no, it wouldn't. I mean, it had so much, like people were freaking out when it got first revealed. Like, yeah. I've never seen an RPG that looks like this. Yeah. I mean, it, it is... I haven't seen one that looks like this in 20 years. Even if I you don't go ahead. I... I don't think it's going to send as big of a message as you guys do. Oh. I, think it's going to send it. I think it's going to send a message, but it's going to because here's the here's the the real thing and, and this the, the cynic in me. 
it is a very successful game for what it is. It's a very great game for what it is, but it's not what brings in tens of millions of dollars, and so it's not one of these things that have been. I will. But, I will take I mean, that. Back. Nobody so, is expecting that sort no, of. No, 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 no. I'm not. I, I'm not. E I'm, I'm not either. So I think it's going to start bringing back a lot of those things in niche markets. So for people that like those things, they're going to do a great job. Yeah, but I, yeah, it's that's, not that's a, it's not enough yet to really push it in. Like, I'm not saying like Final Fantasy 16 is going to look like this. Yeah, I would like, love I, I think, that though. <laughs> I would too, honestly. But like I I I feel like at least some developers will take note and be like, okay, we can we can emulate this style. I, it's it's definitely going to make a difference in the JRPG scene. Yeah, that's really and, and I'm hoping what that leads to down the road is in the next couple of years we get one of these games that is like this, but it's truly generation defining one that 20 years later people are going to sit on a podcast on on Twitch or whatever has replaced it by then and they're talking about. I think it's going to spawn a game like that, and people are going to look back and say, "Hey, this helped revitalize the genre that for a long time had really started to decline and really just became kind of a." Hey, we're making this because you guys like nostalgia, and you'll buy it because you're fans of this. Hey, sh shout out to Julian in chat. What's up, dude? Um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this much, um, and 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 then I I'll end on this. I think that we are either going to see a not a numbered Final Fantasy, but a Final Fantasy game from Square Enix. A uh, spinoff? Yeah, that's yeah, very yeah, yeah. In, in this that or there's going to be a remake of a classic game, be it four or six or five. See, they could have they could have done Secret of Mana like this. Like they just remade Secret of Mana. Oh yeah. Oh, that would have been so good. Or can you imagine like a fucking Mario game made like? I mean, God. I mean, the, the literally the possibilities are fucking endless for this what, style of visual. What, or Chrono Trigger? Oh, oh really? don't even get me started! Oh my god! Oh, I mean, that, that, like so that whole that whole tilt shift thing works for me, and other games have used it well. Like or Brandon, uh, fucking Earthbound. Yeah, or Earthbound exactly. Yeah. Earthbound looked amazing. But like, the, yeah, there's actually fan art that already looks like there's like tilt shift Earthbound fan art, so you can already oh, see. Oh yeah, what I've, it see, looks I've like. seen that. It's really cool. Yeah, 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 it's really good. We all know what we really need and what we're gonna get, what the world deserves. This engine and looking like this is another remake of Skyrim. Yeah, I'm all in. I'm in on that shit, dude. Give me that because fucking 2D pop-up book, Skyrim. As I say that, I'm like 90% joking, but that 10% of me is like, shit, I would buy that. I, you know I you would. would. That's the thing. I, I would play that. Oh, my God, that would be incredible. I, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, the, I, I, It has reinvigorated my interest in... in like, I... Now I just, like, I don't give a shit about big AAA games. Like, I still, I, yeah, I play them. I'm going to play Red Dead Redemption 2, but I want more games like this. I want more games that harken back to a, you know, I don't know, just a simpler time for me, you know? And, and um, I mean, that's what I've been doing basically this entire year. I've been, I've been playing Overwatch a full time, but, like, every game that I've played this year has been, like, little indie stuff. Yeah. I, I played the shit out of a new tower defense game that came out well, that looks like... A flash game from like 15 years ago well, dude there are a ton <laughs> of indie games coming in the next month too brandon i mean i started hollow knight last night hollow knight's great dude brandon chasm comes out next week um do, oh, oh, wait, i probably think i have you need to look it up brandon because it's your fucking jammed i guarantee I'm, I'm, it I, chasm is it k-a-s-m no it's a, a c-a-c-c-h-a-s-a-m um but we played it at pax and it's dude it's fucking awesome uh dead or a uh, dead cell 
Or uh, Dead Cells. Dead Cells, Dead, Cells Dead Cells uh, drops the full game on Switch on August seventh, which I'm fucking day one on that. I'll be on vacation for that too. Um, I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> since, like, I feel like Hollow Knight blew up in popularity when it hit the Switch. Hollow like, Knight's really good, but Owlboy is better. I've seen people say that Dead Cells is better than Hollow Knight. I would agree with that as well. Anywhere, anywhere near the same kind of. I I uh, would say I, that Hollow Knight is great, but. Uh, the visual style of Owlboy and Dead Souls speak to me much more than than Hollow Knight. I, mean, does. I, I, I haven't played Owlboy, but I've heard uh, not the greatest about the gameplay. So I don't, I, I, I don't know. I loved it, man. I, I thought it was really, really intuitive. Um, but I anyway, mean, it was bad. It's just that it was kind of basic for the genre. But yeah, it's, it's fantastic how many Metroidvania s games there are because we've mm. got all those, and then we got Ori coming up early next year there as well. Yeah. I think I think Dio Dio heard somebody. I mean, yeah, like Metroidvania has been an, an embarrassment of riches for the last. It 10 really years. has. It like ever, really I mean, has. it kicked off with like Shadow Complex and Dust. And then uh, Axiom Verge is another good one. Axiom Verge was pretty recent. That was only like what two years ago. Yeah, I guess it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. shit, dude. Yeah, it was only a couple years ago. Well, I want to go ahead and uh, move on to a topic that I've been wanting to talk about for a while, um, which and this kind of got spurred for me when I was reading just the other day, just some news about Just Cause 4, and I saw some screenshots, and I saw a little video, and I thought to myself, you know, like, okay, like, it, it's another open-world game, and it, I it really kind of got me thinking about how far open-world games have come and, and kind of where they've stopped growing, and I think a I think the genre itself, with the exception of just one or two games over the past few years, has grown kind of stagnant and stale for me. Um, and I want to have a discussion about what we think the problems are, if there are any problems. I mean, you guys are free to disagree, but also what the genre can do to reinvigorate itself. And I, I, an example of what I'm talking about is Shadow of War. Um, I am a huge Lord of the Rings fanboy. Like I, I, it's up there with Star Wars for me. I, I read the books every two years. Um, I grew up with. I grew up. I mean, I grew up with Tolkien. Um, I could pick out every discrepancy between the books and the movies, and my friends can't watch the movies with me because I'll fucking sit there and do that um, for three and a half hours. Uh, but I, I loved Shadow of. I love Shadow of Mordor. I was. I, I planned on that game. Like I, I had a great time with that game. Um, Flash, and that came out in 2014. So flash forward three years to 2017. I pick up Shadow of War, and you would think that this would game this would be right up my alley. It's it's more Shadow of Mordor. It's, it's more, more yeah. It's more it's, it's Shadow of Mordor plus exactly. It's you're you're stealing around, you're killing orcs. There's there's more lore. It's Lord of the Rings. You're visiting you know Minas Ethel and you know Gaunt, you know fighting alongside Gondorian soldiers. I played it for two hours and I got fucking bored. I literally I actually fell asleep playing it. Uh, on Friday, the Friday night I got it, I was I just I passed out. I was like, "Fuck!" I played it for two hours and I dropped it, deleted. It. I was like, "I'm just not having any fun. This is fucking boring." Uh, pick up Assassin's Creed Origins. I start playing that beautiful open world Egypt. Like Egypt, uh, I, I love Egyptian mythology more than more than any any other historical period. I was and for years I was like Egypt. It's got to be Egypt for Assassin's Creed. I played it for about five hours and I was like, "I'm I'm done. Like this isn't any fun to me." And, you know, with the exception of, like, Breath of the Wild, um, you know, open-world games recently, like, and Horizon was fun. Horizon was really fun. I, I platinum that. But aside from that, that entire genre has just lost its luster for me because it is just nothing but more of the same over and over. And, you know, 
uh, Sam, I think you would even agree that even even Witcher Three falls into those tropes. You know, I, like I don't really, but that's for a different reason than like I get where you're going with this, but I think it avoids it for a different reason. I feel that way about Rockstar games. So, so uh, okay, so all right, so let's 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 unpack this. So I think that I think that open world games are are at a crossroads right now. Um, for me, anyway, and not from a sales perspective. I mean, let's face it: Red Dead Redemption Two is going to fucking clean up. You know, Star I mean, Starfield, whatever okay. that drops, it's going to clean up. But but okay. something has to be done, I think, in order to shake things up. And I'm wondering what you guys think. Because I think Breath of the Wild did things in an open world game. I mean, Breath of the Wild allowed you to break it, basically. Like you could you could break that fucking game. You could take your time freezing powers freeze a rock beat the shit out of it jump on it and then sail it across a chasm right like you could there were there were like moving ball mazes in those little shrines where i figured out if i just flip like everything's motion controlled so if i just flip my controller over like i can just i can have the ball drop on a flat surface and roll it into the hole without having to navigate the maze like that was brilliant that was genius and that is something that nintendo did and breath of the wild was able to break that mold for me and i was like wow there are, i am doing things this game is allowing me to do things like climbing sheer surfaces. That's a great example in Breath of the Wild. After playing Breath of the Wild, I went back to Horizon. And then, Justin, this is relevant for you because I know you love Horizon. I, I, I went back to Horizon and all I could feel was boxed in because I, because Aloy couldn't climb any of anything. Like, there's no climbing in the game unless you have those little thing, you know, little, little yellow nubs yeah. sticking out. And I thought to myself, God, I feel so restricted in movement. I feel like I'm boxed in, even though I've got this huge open world. Um, so I wanted to I wanted to ask you guys, what do you think? And this is just a group discussion. There's no turns here. What do you guys think about the state of open world games? What do you think can be done to refine the genre? Do you think there's anything that needs to be done to, to refine the genre, or are you fine with the way things are? I mean, I okay, I, I'll start off. I I think that the key. To good open world design is good traversal, just flat out from from the bottom line. Like your your entire game falls apart if it's not fun to move. Even more than the copy paste quest design that Ubisoft games are you know accused of having, if if, if it's not fun to work through your world, it doesn't matter how good the quest design is. Like that shit is just boring. And like again, like the Elder Scrolls doesn't have any craze, they, but you know they use fast travel. So again, they they don't make yeah. it tedious to get through their world they just allow you to literally open your map and click wherever you want to go and that works for that game like if you if you don't like every and, and the way they do it is unique you know like so grand theft auto the way the gta games make it fun to get through the world is like the chaos right it's just random chaos all the time you're just driving down the street and pedestrians are swerving into you like that's that's the gameplay right it's, it's like trying to navigate through the world as fast as you can without crashing and running people over and like that that's what you know you, that's what gets you there then spider-man is gonna like again spider-man is probably gonna have some pretty fucking boring ass copy paste quests right yep. but like do you care do, is that really like the thing that's on your mind when you're swinging through those buildings so that's so, a like, good point Brandon. you can take people's minds off of the monotony by you know making the moment-to-moment gameplay as thrilling as humanly possible that's a really good point. Like that was one of the I things. Like dying light, dying light. That, I think yeah, had that was some of the poorest side quest design of any open world game I've ever played. Yeah, I would like agree. it was nothing but fetch quests. And the oh, most... he hits every trope in the book. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the most basic of fetch quests. 
the, the most literal A to B, and then back to A, fetch quest ever. But the parkour and shit in, in Dying Light was so much fun to do. So much fun to just bound across the rooftops and shit. Getting from A to B and back to A was, for me, enough to 100% the game. So Even, like, while acknowledging the quest design being borderline awful, like, I, like, I still enjoyed the quest. That was one of the reasons that I loved um, Sunset Overdrive as much as and, I did. And again, yeah, Sunset Overdrive. So, like, that, and, and Assassin's Creed obviously has the climbing. Like, all of these games have, and this is what makes them bearable for people. It's the, the unique traversal mechanics of each one. But I just you so know, Xenoblade Chronicles, you get your scale. Like, <laughs> all of these have, all of these have their little gimmicks, right? And, and that's fine. That's a really interesting point. Like I, I hadn't really considered traversal as part of the draw of of an open world game, right? Yeah, I mean, um, Witcher, you get your Roach. Like they all. Yeah, but have Roach controls stuff. like shit, though. I'm sorry, he Sam. Does, he does. But and again, this is why yeah, I but, don't like. But you Witcher. also got fast travel as well. And, you, yeah, you the can. Witcher does have. It has the Elder Scrolls style fast travel. You can. Right. Um, and um. Brandon, are you done? Because I don't want to interrupt you. No, I'm all. done. Okay, so I want to kind of build on what he was saying, if that's all right with no, please, you. I think please. Traversal is one of three pillars necessary for open-world games, and an open-world game can hit two of them and not maybe not hit the other one, and that's fine, but if it can't hit at least two of them, then there's a problem. So the three pillars that I'm thinking of are Traversal, like he explains. So I'm not going to rehash that. He gave some great examples. But then there's also narrative feedback and gameplay feedback. So narrative feedback, at least the first time you're playing Horizon Zero Dawn, for me, one of the greatest things, one of the reasons I wanted to identify with Aloy, the one, one of the reasons I wanted to protect her, push through on her journey, was simply the mystery of the world. Trying to understand what was going on, because this is not an, a normal apocalypse, you know, humanity is making a comeback, but what are these machines doing? Why do they have their ecosystem? You know, what's up with these caves and this weird technology that's resurfacing, all this stuff. And that provides a really satisfying loop. In my opinion, the side quests, and Justin may hate me for this, the side quests in Horizon Zero Dawn aren't really anything to write home about. They're, they're okay. Yeah, there's a few, there's a, there's they're a few okay. Yeah. But there's a couple of standouts. There's like two standouts off the top of my head I can think of that are good, and the rest are like, they're serviceable. But that doesn't matter, at least the first time you're playing it, because you want to understand what's going on. And then yeah. you get the reveals and... You know, yeah, when you like, find out what the name of the game means, and it just blows your mind, like, oh, okay, that's what's so satisfying there. And it doesn't hurt that Horizon has incredibly satisfying combat against the machines as well. That really, you know, that yeah. provides a satisfying loop as well. Um, a more recent example for me would be Spade Decay 2. The, that game's issues aside, it has some very, very satisfying gameplay loops of gathering resources... Right. You know, killing the plague hearts, um, then you know, gathering material to cure your infected survivors. Can I butt in real quick, Sam? I want to. I, I want to make a point about about what you're saying. Sure. I think that's wholly dependent on having another player with you. And, and to be to be fair, it is. That's why I said you know that that, that one comes with some asterisk marks. I just okay. want to use a more okay, cool. okay. example of the type of stuff I'm getting at. Um, Prey, Moon Crash, the new expansion that came out. I, haven't, that, play, yeah, I haven't done that yet. Crazy, crazy stuff that you have to do in order to accomplish your objectives. Because I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't played it, but the nutshell version is you have to play as five different characters to escape the moon, and they all have to work together. And one person might be able to do this. They might be able to hack into a terminal, but they can't move this heavy object out of the way, so the other one will have to. And the longer you stay in that particular playthrough, the more dangerous the world gets. So you've got to manage them all and make them work together. And 
provides some really satisfying stuff of someone recycling some materials and getting a gun for the other person to use, leaving med packs where the other person can use it, things like that. Um, and then, you know, to the third pillar in terms of narrative structure, again, I'd go back to The Witcher 3. I know I'm biased, as everyone well knows, but I don't think anyone would argue that the quest in that game are insanely no, well absolutely. designed no, dude, I'm, I'm, in terms I, of the writing and... Yeah, I mean, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. My issues with the game aside, that game has the best side quest in any open world game I've ever played. Like, the, right. like, the Bloody Baron side quest is better than... That has a better narrative hook than some actual main, you know, main storylines right. in games it I've is, played. It is a main quest. Bloody Baron's a main quest, though. I it's, thought that was a side like quest. A little, it's a little bit of both. Okay. It's a main yeah, there, quest that kind of goes a, off into a side it's quest. It's a main yeah, there's quest like, there's like a little bit side quest. Yeah. Because half of it is a main quest, but the second half where you actually yeah, get yeah. the completion of everything isn't a side. I mean, isn't a main quest. That is, yeah. that is optional. So you're both right. But the point is, you know, so there's satisfying narrative storytelling there, and I think the thing is, you know, open world games like I'll just use Assassin's Creed, the recent Assassin's Creed games for me. It's like Assassin's Creed 2 and even Brotherhood and Revelations to a degree really innovated in terms of your traversal, your terms of moving around, the combat, things like that. It's a huge leap over the first game. But how has it evolved since then? It, in my opinion, it really hasn't. Not, not really. Maybe the well, naming I mean, stuff in Black Origins Flag. has actual like usable controls. So I mean, that's a pretty, pretty big change. But you know, Maybe, but... I, I, here's the thing about Origins, right? And, and again, this goes back to every problem I have. <laughs> with standardized and I'll, I'll just use that phrase standardized open world games like you know Assassin's Creed Origins was supposed to be this renaissance for, for the Assassin's Creed series you, you know they, they looked at Syndicate and they looked at all the problems it had and they said let's take a year off and let's go back to the drawing board and they came back and nothing has changed like like you know it, and I'm talking from a from a gameplay loop perspective, right? Like, I get that the scenario has changed. I get, you know, I, I, I get voice acting. The characters are nice. But I'm talking from, from a gameplay loop perspective. Like, like, and that game, literally, a huge turnoff for me in Assassin's Creed Origins was literally gating main missions behind having to do side missions. The game literally forced you to do side quests in order to progress in the main story. And I fucking hated that. I hated that, and I ended up resenting the game for it. A lot and of games do that as padding. They do, and and that was the reason that I dropped it because I was like, I just I, I want to play this game through to completion. The side quests don't interest me. I don't feel like an assassin, and and I just I want to get through this. I, I don't want. I hate. I absolutely hate main main storylines in any game being gated behind meaningless garbage. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 did it Assassin's Creed Origins did it uh, Justin go ahead yeah I've I've never actually noticed like I, I hear complaints um, about that with um, Origins and I hear it with um, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition and stuff too but like I, I always get so caught up in doing side stuff that I have never been <laughs> anything more than like supremely over leveled for anything that has like you know a level gate like um this kind of actually leads into what i wanted to say um about Please. origins if it almost uh sam still has some stuff he was no saying. not really i was just trying to build on what brandon was saying in terms of open world games need to evolve might be a strong word but they have to be satisfying they have to push 
the boundaries of it those. It needs to be fun to explore. You it need needs to be re- fun to you explore. Need a reason, you need a reason to clear the fog of war on your map. Right. Like, it needs to be yeah. fun to explore. It needs to be satisfying, and you need to want to. And maybe... I mean, like, so the way the way Rockstar games do it is, like, the fucking radio, right? They, like, how what, what defines the GTA games? It's their fucking radio. And the reason is because you're spending so much of the game, like, driving. You're just right. driving all over the place. But that you don't is, care. GTA Five. Not to cut you off, but just this is the last thing I'll say. Really builds on like if I play I GTA Five, it's like yeah, I just want to mess some stuff up. That's that's all. I, it's like the I've got three sociopaths that I'm playing as. I may as well just have some fun with this, right? That's what you. That's how it lures you in. But Justin, please go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So with Origins, uh, I kind of had the opposite problem where I was like. The way the map is set up, and with they like, you know, fill it with so many different like areas to clear. It's like, oh, here's an alligator nest. Here is, um, you know, an outpost and stuff. And so, like, I felt compelled to do all those things before I moved on from area to area. And at some point, I was like 15 levels over where I needed to be. And I had gotten a legendary weapon that poisoned. So, like, it was insanely easy. That's exactly what happened to me in Shadow of Mordor. Yeah. I was just uh, like, I, I did so many side quests at the beginning. It was just like, oh, jeez. And the yeah, combat was so, already easy. Like, it's already very forgiving yeah, combat. Yeah. And so, um, like, I played, I, I really enjoyed Origins um, for, like, the first, like, 30 hours or so that I played it. <laughs> and, like, I hit, I, I put over 40 hours into it. And then I just stopped because... All I was doing was just clearing each area before moving on. And, you bring up a very good point. I want to and um, you're done. and that and then you know I revisited Horizon, uh, you know, just like last week, uh, just because I wanted to you know wander around. So I I really like Horizon, mm-hmm. uh, and I kind of realized that you know even though Horizon has a number of the like open world tropes like. You have the tall necks for the towers and like there's banded outposts and stuff it doesn't do them to excess like um origins does like there's like six bandit camps that's exactly what i was gonna say it's it's so much about the pacing of side right right there's like some some games just fucking shit icons out on your map like it's their duck uh, Mad Max. Mad Max. That was Mad exactly Max. what I was gonna icon. say. You open your map at the beginning of the game, and it's just fucking icons all over. <laughs> so, like, well, I think one thing Rockstar does in both GTA and Red Dead Redemption is pace out the side content very well. Like, you'll finish a main mission, and they're only gonna give you two or three side missions to choose from. Like, you, they're not shitting icons all over your map. Like, you don't finish a map, and it, it unlocks 30 side quests. Like, it just gives you a couple of things to do. You never feel overwhelmed. Again, like it's all—it's the pacing of it. I want to because I'm not going like, to pretend. I'm not going to pretend that Rockstar's side quests are like fucking genius design. Like they're not doing anything wildly more amazing than the other developers. But I feel like they pace it out better than anyone else. And then also, like on that is there's also just like the idea of negative space in an open world where there's an area that you just are walking through. Just to see. Um, it. Yeah, just it's, like it's just, cool. It's interesting yeah. to you. Like if you were um, walking through a forest. Yeah. Yeah. And like I mean, Horizon has a lot of stuff all over to do. And, and yeah. stuff but like, um, you know, there's like one big section of the game where you like right after you leave um you know, the the Nora territory, you have to get to Meridian, which is like two thirds of the way across the map. 
and it's kind of just it's just like okay you have to get from point a to point b and then there's like side missions that you could do along the way there's like the tall necks there's bandit camps like you could go off and do stuff and it kind of right. just is it's not like it's driving you um to any one thing in particular but god Mer- and, meridian was so beautiful i just want to yeah i just want to say and um and like that's also one thing i think is really interesting about what we saw from death stranding at e3 was there was a lot of just walking around valleys yeah like yes. really nice environments and stuff it's like it's not it doesn't look like it's going to be like, like with assassin's creed origins like it you know there was a lot of stuff to do into into it but it almost feels not confident when it has something every few steps um you know that as like i think you know especially in games that have like you know more nature focused or wider spaces um for open world games obviously it's going to be different from well, something set well, in, like a modern city um I, th- I think that sort of thing is really important well you know Ma- mad max you know you know mad max was brought up that's a great example of a game that literally ticks every box and does it in the most blasé, uninteresting yep. way. Like, yep. like there, there, yeah. there was not an original concept. Kyle, have you played Mad Max? I have not. So it's the most average game. It, I've it, ever it literally, like, like it, it, is, it, it is. It is the portrait of a six out of ten. It is the. It is the. It is the color taupe of video yeah. games. Like it is the pudding. It is the. It is the plain vanilla pudding. Of the video games, like it, it like not, like that's not to not to describe how it looks because it is a gorgeous. Oh, no. It's a gorgeous game. Oh, it's pretty. Yeah, it plays, yeah. It they, plays they like the color of yeah. But but the like but like there is like literally Kyle, the game is one giant desert with nothing in it but like a, a few scattered towns and the nothing tow- in it except little check marks all over all over it is insane how much bullshit they crammed in and, and it's all like oh here's some junk like here's some it's water all junk. like and here's some here's, here's oh. some scraps you know and then Here, here's the, one thing you have to shoot your harpoon at and oh god the right towers right. in that game are the fucking worst it's, in any so open world game Ever, it's it's the 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 concept is really cool. They're hot air balloons, and you get in the hot air balloon, and how it makes make, sense. How do you make? How do they make Assassin's Creed fucking worse than turn into hot air balloons? Dude, That's like fun. like like it makes sense from an aesthetic standpoint, right? Like you get in the hot air balloon and you blow it up, and that makes you see everything, and it but reveals the, your map. Right? But those hot air balloons go so. It takes like thirty slow. seconds to get your hot air balloon all the way. Yeah, and, and you're and like, kinda... all you're doing is holding down a button. Yeah, like and it, it is so and bad. And this is the point of why like the towers and stuff are fun. Because, like, at least with, like, the towers, there's usually some kind of, like, platforming yeah, you're, you're puzzle. Yeah, and then there's the satisfaction man. of, you know, getting to the top instead of just, the instead of just yeah, putting the gas in a hot air balloon and yeah. going up, like... Well, and then the, they that, completely that, failed to understand what makes revealing the maps in Assassin's Creed exciting. Well, and then you had that fucking asshole in the back of the car with you who never shut his goddamn mouth the entire game. Chum bucket, chum bucket. Chum bucket. Did you say cum bucket? Did you say cum bucket? <laughs> Jesus. But no, you know, chum bucket. Every five seconds, hey saint, there's something over there, saint. Like he keeps calling you saint, and like, and every time he sees something. He Didn't starts. We ran sl- about Chum Bucket last week. Or week yeah, before? like, well, no, yeah, dude. Oh my god, fucking like Chum, Bucket. About Chum Bucket. Every time he says something or he sees something, he starts slamming the hood of the car, making this noise. I'm like, oh my god, Chum Bucket, stop! Please leave me alone. 
like, I, like, I and also like I felt like he kind of he kind of like defeated part of what you know like the solitude mad max himself is yes. about yeah yeah like being alone in the middle of the desert and you've got yeah. this little idiot in the back of your car screaming at you the entire time <coughs> like and it's um, but let's talk about you know i i think I, i'm literally choking on my own are you gonna be okay about now? thinking about chum bucket <laughs> but you know what? Let's use a recent example, and 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 this will be something that Kyle will be able to chime in on. Let's use a recent example of an old of an open world game to talk about ways that the genre is doing it right. And I'm talking about God of War. Um, the new God of War is a fucking brilliant game, and it did for that series what I think Assassin's Creed Origins promised it would do for that series, but didn't, in my opinion. It 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 was the shot in the arm that that game needed. And it, it is very it, I mean, it is an open world game. There's I would classify God of War as an open world game. Like yes, there's a narrative that takes you from place to place, but you are free to go about and do other things and explore other things. It is to me, it is very much an open world game, and it is probably one of the best narratives I have encountered in an open world game. And yeah, so 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 let's talk about like I think God of War and and Horizon and Breath of the Wild are three really great examples of what open world games can be if they do it right and they're each and they each do it it they each do it for different reasons right like i think each game brings something to the table that 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 genre desperately needs um for breath of the wild for me it would be like the ability to just go out there and break the world or fuck with things in ways that other games don't let you do um in, in god of war I, I i think that it's it's from a from a, a gameplay narrative one of the best like for me it was one of the most eminently playable open world games i've ever played like the, the combat in that game just sings and and everything in that drink game to me from a gameplay perspective is driven by that by that combat loop um that keeps feeding you abilities the axe i mean throwing that axe is one of the most satisfying fucking things i've ever done in a game um and i, I want to get your guys take on that like 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 what did god of war bring to the open world genre that you feel that, that you want to see done in other games in the same genre i'll, I'll give my i mean my because the games you're naming of all of them of all the ones that have been talked about really the only one i have played to completion is god of war and i've enjoyed a lot of them it's not that i thought a lot of them are bad games necessarily but there's a lot where i get 15 20 hours in like okay i'm like not even halfway done with this this is cool the fuck and you've I'm seen not, it all. Not been, right right 15 hours like, you have seen everything yeah like i'm out. not i don't feel like i need to spend more time on this to say that i've played this game even games like horizon zero dawn where it's it's a beautiful game there's a lot of cool stuff in it not finished it breath of the wild not finished it and i think the thing that has set god of war apart from those for me at least and i, I it might be different for other people is there was a compelling story that made me i two things one it, I, I wanted to keep playing because i wanted to know what was going on but two it was an open world that didn't make me play in an open world if that makes sense it doesn't make you go explore these other places that have no relevance to what you're doing if you want to you can and that's awesome if you're like me and you just really want to get to the next point of the story you're right there and you keep going you don't have to go to this random little area and grind for two hours just to be able to get to the next point of the story you don't have to go collect things for someone just to be able to get the next weapon or whatever like you can just 
play the game consistently straight through and go through the story if that's the way you want to do it. For me, part of it for me is I don't have as much time as I used to have. I, I teach and so I'm, I'm busy yeah. all the time. During the, during the fall and spring, I usually only have about three or four hours a week to play video games. Oof. I don't want to spend that much time all on one game every week for two months, three months, four months just to get through one game when there are so many other things I want to get through. So when I have, I, I'm fine with spending 30, 40 hours on a game where I'm going through an incredible story and I feel compelled to play it and I feel compelled to know what's going on. Uh, uh, someone in the chat just mentioned Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider, I saw that, yeah. That's 100%. I just, so I had not played the new Tomb Raider games, but when they announced the third one, I played through the first one. I still need to go play through the second one. But I'm playing through that, and, and it's one of those same things where it's like, I feel like I can just kind of follow the story. I can just go through it, get through it. Sure, there are, when I do that, I'm probably only 20% complete with the game. There are so many other things I can do to finish the game. But I don't need to do those to have actually played and gotten everything that I need from that game. And with stuff like Assassin's, Assassin's Creed is probably the one I quit the fastest on. Because to me, it felt like just a generic RPG and it no longer felt like Assassin's Creed. It just felt like the Assassin's Creed name on yeah. any other RPG I played. Great game, great concept, mechanics, everything. It's fine. All of that stuff is good. None of it is poorly made, but it was so bland and it had been done before. And nothing, at least in the beginning from the story, had really dragged me into feeling like, okay, I really need to keep going through this. So it's, 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 that to me is the thing. And I think that's the, I don't know how many people are in that same boat where it's just, I have limited time to play games and I don't have time to keep wasting doing all these. Go explore, Breath of the Wild to me is, is an incredible game. But you have to spend so much yeah, time you do. exploring everything, and I don't have that kind of time. I've got like 170 so, hours in that fucking game. Yeah, I just I will never realistically be able to put that into it. And most people, that that's not common to be able to put that much time in it. You have to be really dedicated, and I wish I was that dedicated, but I kind of like sleeping. Um, but it's, it's one of those things. It's just, it's, if you have the time to put into that, man, that's awesome. And I wish I had that, but it's, it's hard. And so I think that's what, for a lot of those games, for me in particular, I've been burnt out by open world games where I know if I want to get the full experience, I'm going to have to spend anywhere from 80 to a hundred hours minimum. And so that turns me off before I even get started. And and it's a disappointment because I hear all these are really, really good. And there's a lot that I really want to play, and I re a lot that I've started I really want to finish. I agree with you, John, on Shadow of War. I am a massive Lord of the Rings fan. I uh, grew up on them. My dad, my parents are actually moving into a new house, and I'm going over uh, as soon as they move in to watch Return of the King with my dad because that's Excellent. what we want to do. Yep. So it's it's like that is something to, that has always been big to me. I gave up after like eight or nine hours i was i i couldn't believe how fast i fell off that game i, I just i just couldn't do it and and don't even get me started on far cry 5 i i bought far cry 5 yep i downloaded it i played through the the opening cutscene with joseph seed and i literally took about 30 steps forward into the open world and i was like i don't fucking care and i i just stopped playing it and i have not picked it up since um, um the only time i've gone back to far cry 5 in the last couple months is to co-op it with a friend just to drive around doing stupid shit, not actually caring about the I, story. I knew as soon as I started that game, every Far Cry game starts the same. You you have a vignette with the villain. He's the first thing you see, and you, you learn a bit about him, and then some calamity happens. 
and either in Far Cry 3, you know, Voss takes you hostage and then you escape in Far Cry 4, um, you know, uh, what's his name? Pagan Min, you meet Pagan Min and then he's like, you enjoy the Crab Rangoon, I've got to go do something and then you fucking escape and the people are shooting at you. And then in Far Cry 5, you meet Joseph Seed and your helicopter crashes and you're like, okay, well, I'm in the open world now. And I was like, I already know if this is going to end. It's going to be some fucking weird ending where, you know, in Far Cry 3, spoiler alert, um, you know, I'll just say some fucked up shit happens. And then in Far Cry Far Cry 4, you have the choice to either kill pagan men or take over from him. And I knew the same thing was going to happen in Far Cry 5, but I'll have some weird ending. And I just found that I just don't care. I just don't care. I, I can't well, bring myself to and care. Far Cry 4 was, it, to me at least, because I finished it, better than Far Cry 5. But Far Cry 5 said, okay, Far Cry 4 was successful. We're going to take that same format. We're going to put it in a different world. We're going to change a few minor things. And then we're basically just going to give you the same game. I mean, and Far gonna Cry buy has been it. creatively bankrupt since 3. Uh, Five? Yeah. No, I, 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 I will agree it's been, it's been relatively creatively bankrupt since 3. But when it comes to 4 it was the first time they had really started to kind of do that and so it was more palatable and then when they do it again you're just it's it's what yeah. assassin's creed became I, 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 over I, the years. I enjoyed four i enjoyed four because it improved on the minor things that i disliked about three but then i and i enjoyed primal i don't know far cry is like a weird primal was actually pretty good yeah it is a weird comfort food for me but it has a lot of problems as a series. yeah five like my problem was is like the first area that you're in like, I mean, you can go in any direction, but, like, the one that most people did first is way better than the other two. And also because of the whole, you know, you can go anywhere and do anything in any order, like, the outposts were really kind of boring because they were all balanced around you being able to do them as, like, a low-level character with, like, no weapons and stuff, and you didn't have the same kind of sense of progression as the other Far Cry games. I think one of the things that bugged me about that bugs me about Far Cry is that, you know, like I just said in chat, like you know, the series needs a rehaul, and I thought that Far Cry uh, Primal, I just call it Far Cry Caveman, was going to was going to provide it that simply because it's, I mean, it's a fucking setting that we never see, it, it, like like you know, but cavemen. The gameplay was the same. The game, it, I mean, it, it I mean, was the, Far but, Cry without guns. It was, it was but. Free the same structure same it, format it was but i think that that was the, i think honestly i think that was the, that if they had taken that concept and run with it like blood dragon blood dragon was like you know yeah it was more of the same but it was a fucking hilarious 80s atmosphere like when you healed yourself he pulled out that fucking like you know wrist and exercise and he's like yeah i'm gonna get a pump like that's how you Plus, heal it, yourself it, it only took 10 hours to be exactly you. yeah so I, but so so that's actually something it, it, and it was brought up in the chat too it, with the the mars dlc for far cry 5 where it's one of, i haven't played it yet but i've heard that it's really good and it's one of far cry is best when they go batshit insane i agree completely when they when, when you when my, you play my favorite mission in far cry 4 is the one where it's like uh it's called advanced chemistry and it's like yes. when you shoot people they turn into street chalk almost yeah yeah the, uh, far far cry thing it's kind of the reason the just cause just cause games haven't mm -hmm. ever gotten stale for me because it's a lot of like you can just do all this batshit stuff that makes no sense but you can do it because it's a video game it's not yeah. it, it takes itself seriously but not too seriously a and so i think that's where far cry that's where they bred even my favorite missions in far cry 5 where the stuff involving the aliens, the dude, where you go get the alien gun, like that shit was funny. 
because there's aliens and it makes no sense that it would exist in this universe which is why i like it so much that's where far cry is, is I, and they deviate from that i want a far cry with dinosaurs oh my god and i'm not i'm awesome. not talking about like primal I'm talking about I want to be able to shoot an RPG at a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Dude, no, no, no. <laughs> Justin, I'll take it a step further. I want a fucking open-world Turok. Yeah. Now, here's, yeah. What you, here's what you all want. What you all want is it is a, and it can be open-world, fine, but a game where you play as Jeff Goldblum, voiced by Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> hunting down dinosaurs. There's nothing else to it. There are no other characters. There is no explanation for why he's doing it. You are just Jeff Goldblum, probably on shrooms, he, running around killing dinosaurs. Every time, every time... I would you, pay so much money for that. Every time you pick up ammo as Jeff Goldblum, I want him to say, ah, uh, we have uh, one, two, three, four, uh, five, five uh, rounds <laughs> in this ammo box. Like, that's that would be that would be fucking brilliant, man. You use a minigun, you're, like, gunning down a field of... Uh, Velociraptors and stuff, and all the T Rex comes crashing. Well, that's that. Well, that's chaos theory. For it, yeah, I mean, it's like, and, 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 and now here I am, uh, killing uh, uh, dinosaurs. Uh, I mean, that 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 that's that's chaos theory. Th like, think about why we all got at some point decided to go play Far Cry games, and I could be speaking for other people when I shouldn't be, but for me, I got into Far Cry games because it's like, yeah, you can like set something on fire and it burns fucking everything around. It was this crazy stuff that you weren't seeing in other games that made them revolutionary at the time, where you're like, yeah, it's same with Grand Theft Auto. The reason those games are so popular is the stuff you can do is not common. It's not stuff you can do in other games. But it's... lately, every open world game feels like it's just a reskin of another game that I've played but with mildly different characters. You just said something very interesting, and, and I, think it, I think this bears mentioning. It's the little details in open world games mm -hmm. that really impress me, and when you talk it about a, it is the little details a, a great example is the first time in breath of the wild when i blew up a barrel and there was like a chicken thigh inside but it was cooked because i had blown it up and it caught fire and it cooked and i was like and i was like that is fucking awesome like that, that chicken thigh because normally when you when you kill an animal you get like a raw bird thigh. That's an item, right? Right. And right. and I open a chest up, and there's like a raw. Or I I like smack a barrel, and there's a like, there's like a raw steak in there, right? Why there's a steak in a barrel in a cave, whatever. But but there was one time I went to a cave and I blew a bomb up, and everything caught on fire. You know, all the enemies running around on fire, and the barrel head caught fire and burned to ash, and it cooked the steak inside. And so the item I picked up was a cooked prime rib and i was like and for whatever reason it gave me the biggest smile on my face i was like that is that is fucking cool that is yeah, so fucking but, awesome but here's the problem though and i say again breath of the wild is a great game but it's it's it, and it really is a, a great metaphor for just nintendo in general they put out something that has so many of these small things where you're like man this is so fucking good how did you who came up with the idea to put cooked chicken in a barrel? Like, I mean, it's just a video game, so you know, but, like, but, like, but, like at some like, point, I've got no, to. No, but the, but the things they come up with like that are genuinely. You're like, who thinks of that? That is so cool. And then your weapon breaks for the thousandth time. <laughs> I, I will say that all the smiths, across the room. all the smiths in Hyrule, need to be fired because they're they're not very good at their jobs. But but. but but I mean, I, that's but that's that's Nintendo in a nutshell for you. Everything about it is so good. And then they have one thing where you're like, what the 
fuck is wrong with you? But I, Why I, I, would like... you do that? That's the dumbest fucking thing anyone's ever done. You've taken something so great and you ruined it, <laughs> but I'm gonna buy it and I'm gonna give you my money because you're Nintendo. And Kyle it's great, is so but, mad but that he loves perfect. Breath of the Wild. You sound so upset that you like Breath of the Wild. It's great. <laughs> I love it. No, I am. It is such an unbelievably <laughs> frustrating game to play, but I love it. So, so and, and I still haven't finished it because I spend so much time just running. I have probably logged well over 100 hours, and I'm not even halfway done with that game. So, because I just run around doing stupid shit, because I don't care, and my weapon, I get pissed off when my weapons break. So, so here's so so here, here's the last topic I'll bring up about uh, open world games. I because I, 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 I don't think we can't cover this if we're talking about what open world games need to do. I think we also need to have a brief discussion on what open world games are are influencing in other games, because I'm sure everybody has noticed the growing trend of open world elements being uh implemented into games that normally wouldn't have them god of war is a great example sam halo uh is another great yeah. example infinite oh yeah that's... halo halo infinite is an open world game um and so uh, uncharted 4 another great example uh as well as lost legacy i mean uh, madagascar was a, a a big open space the last um, of us part two the last wider was... levels than anything yep. we've seen before even Octopath Traveler is an open world game. You can you can go to the edge of the map from the beginning of the game. I wouldn't recommend it because you're going to get eaten alive, but 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 you can do it. Um, so and 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 I feel like sometimes this works to the game's advantage, and I feel like sometimes this works to the game's detriment. I don't think everything needs to be open world. I don't think everything should be open world. Um, and I'm going to use Halo as as an example of that like i've 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 played all the halo i haven't played halo 5 so full disclosure uh but i've played halo 1 2 3 and 4 um and i don't you know what the fact that that is possibly that the it's not possibly the fact that that is halo infinity is an open world game makes me less excited about it um because i don't think that kind of structured narrative lends itself well to the idea of an open world game like look what it did to metal gear solid 5 right True. okay so I, I, I'll let you finish, but I think there's some, some key details that you're missing there. Okay, so no, no, well, well, no. Like all, all I want to say is, is open Metal Gear Solid Five was made an open world game, and Metal Gear Solid, that series has always had a very straightforward narrative. Like, yes, it's confusing, but it's also being told in a straight line. Um, and the way Metal Gear Solid Five handled its story was borderline incomprehensible to me. Um, I don't think that I don't think that sort of narrative fits itself well into the structure of an open world game i think that those those style narrative games need to be not on rails but they need that they need that organization of being set along a certain path and without a lot of deviation left and right and i don't think that's going to work well for halo but i but i but i do sam i do want to hear the points that you have to make so first off i think the fact that it's more open I think we do need to check ourselves. I'm still checking myself right now in terms of saying it's open world because we don't really have any confirmation apart from it's going to be huge. Okay, so yeah. there's a t there's ten thousand ways they can take that for I mean, starters. I mean, I mean the but, name tells me that. I mean Halo sure, Infinite. Sure, like I think the name also refers to longevity in the story, but that's another discussion altogether. Mm -hmm. If okay. I'm being honest. Okay. okay. But if you think about it, what levels from past Halo games really stand out or are, are really remembered over and over again? It's the ones with the more open elements, like Halo, when you first touch down on the ring and there's scattered marine groups and you have to, okay, find a warthog, let's see who we can link up with, let's see if we want to go over to this tower here, this tower here, and it's not ridiculously huge, I mean, it was back on the original Xbox, so, you know, memory constraints. 2001. Yeah. yeah, but it was big for the time. It was huge. 
for a shooter for, for a first, a first person shooter, shooter it was huge and i feel like that's the kind of design that halo will benefit from in terms of or, or like in halo 3 when the scarabs would drop down it's like well figure it out go, go have fun you got rocket launchers so you could use that or maybe you could try flying in and dropping on top of them you know it's those open elements where it's not on rails it's not a corridor shooter but you still have some tools to play around with, even though it's pushing the player in a general direction. I think that's, I, or at least I hope that's what they're going for. But, so that, that's just my take on it. We'll see more, obviously, next year, because right now it's still early. I just, I'm afraid that Halo is going to fall victim to this idea that we need to have some sort of open world element in our game. Um because i mean like like sam imagine like a halo game with side quests and npcs and i i don't i don't think that halo i don't think the way that that narrative is told i don't think it lends itself well to you know okay well you know what cortana has gone you know rampant and you know we're trying to save the galaxy but hold on i've got to collect uh i've got to collect 10 microchips uh yeah, i don't guy. think there's gonna be anything like that though i really i really don't i could and, be wrong like, I, could well, well, I, I also want to point out like this is pure conjecture on my part we don't know enough about it right like it, sure. it could be nothing like this at all i could it, be if you want to talk about more open games i think gears is actually a much more concrete example you because so? we know they yeah they've talked about how you're going to have that parasailer that you'll be used to traverse tundras to traverse frozen lakes and I deserts see, i don't know how i like feel that. about that like i i, I don't like I, I don't know. Like I, I'm really interested in Gears of. I'm really. Well, it's just called Gears Five, right? Like they're not calling it. I, Gears they of dropped War 4. me of War, and I'm actually writing about why that's very significant. But, um, but uh, well, I I don't know. Do you think that's tied into the fact that it's a more open game? Do you do, do you think it's going to be? Do, do do you think that they're trying to make a point with this? Like we are setting ourselves as, apart from the rest of the series and trying something new. Well, I mean, they've. I don't want to derail us too much, but basically, Rod has talked about how he felt four was like a bridging title for them to get their act together at the new studio and all that, and that this is them really playing around with and taking those mechanics from Gears of War, like the cover, the combat, the counters, chainsawing, whatever things like that, big bosses, and then applying them to new sets of mechanics and new sets of rules. So we'll see. That's next well, year. I so. think we. I think we can all agree that like the absolute nadir of of games that didn't need to be open world would for me would have to be metal gear solid five this generation, oh yeah right oh like, ab absolutely i mean there's there's a ton that happened there you want to talk about a whole nother conversation that is a whole nother conversation I, yeah but it did i not need to be open world and it was and it was fine like like like, like the gameplay in in uh you know metal gear solid five was second to none like it had some of the, in my opinion it had some of the best game actual core gameplay in the series but but I feel like that the open world structure of that game completely destroyed the narrative. And Metal Gear Solid Metal Gear Solid is a very narrative focused series, right? Like that. I mean, Brandon, what was it like? Gears of or Gears of War. Metal Gear Solid Four had like what fucking hour long cutscenes. I mean, like I mean, it was like watching a fucking movie. And your mic your mic was cut out. Oh no no, it's just like like Metal Gear Solid Four had what like hour long cutscenes in some parts. Like it was. I mean, all of the Metal Gears do. Yeah, so, and, and then there was nothing like that in Metal Gear Solid Five. No, not even close. And no. that was good, because that's what I hated about Metal Gear, but yeah. But, like, I, I, I don't feel like, I don't, I, I feel like the the fact that the game was so open, was it was such an open world game, I feel like that was, that to me was the the pinnacle of, of this generation anyway, of this game didn't need to be open world, but open world games are popular and they sell, so let's find a way to, let, let's find a way to, to, to 
fit it into that. I, mean, I, I, I I don't know. I felt like they could have justified the open world with more time, but I mean, it's just it's an unfinished game, and it just feels it like absolutely finished. is. Yeah, well, and that's something else that 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 is that's a whole other conversation about Metal Gear Solid Five. But yeah, I mean, Ko- Kojima was just it's li- it's literally an unfinished open world. It, yeah, it's just nothing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I feel like the the intent was good from the beginning, but they just didn't they just didn't finish it. I would also add in that. It... Sometimes I'm guilty of this as well, just in my closing statement for this topic, that we think of things like open world games and not not open world, linear. And there is a lot of middle ground there to be explored that can be done in very, very interesting yeah, way. I agree. You know, I mean, that's like, kind yeah, of I'll go back what to... Sorry, Naughty go Dog's been talking about with, like, like, they've been calling their recent games, like, wide linear. Yes. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what I think god of war fits into like yeah. even on a like on a on a bigger scale um like there's a difference between what i think of when i think of like a linear title and an open world game but yeah i think there's definitely been you know more of a shift towards this like wide linear approach for you know more scripted and curated games all right well i think um we're bumping up against ten thirty. Uh, and uh, I've got to get to bed, so I think we'll we'll probably draw to a close here. This has been a great topic. I, I this is something I've been wanting to talk about all week, and I wanted to talk about it last week, but we weren't able to make it happen because uh, we had some, you know, we just couldn't do the podcast. So um, I'm glad we did it this week. Um, I just a few a, a few points before we go. Um, so I'm going to make another attempt at an anxiety podcast on Sunday. Um, I fixed my uh, clearly I fixed my audio issues. Uh, so I'm going to do that again this Sunday. Um, we've got some guests coming up uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, Brittany Brombacher from uh, What's Good Games will be on. Uh, so that'll be really good. Uh, of course, if you, if, if you don't know, she does uh, What's Good Games with Andrea Renee and uh, Christine Steimer. Um, so looking forward to that. Uh, what else we got coming up? Um, some other cool stuff I'm not ready to talk about yet. Uh, but anyway, uh, Sam, it's always a pleasure to have you on. You know that. I don't need to tell you oh, that. Always. It, it, it's, it's always great. Always great to talk. This was a really good conversation. I, I really like this topic. I um, like deep dives into game mechanics well, and I think, things like that. And I want to try and start writing about them more because it's it's stuff like this that fascinates me. Well, and, and, and I think I want to – I think I want us to – on this podcast to focus on that more, like actually talking about talking about mechanics, talking about what, what makes a game tick um, as opposed to just talking about the news you know, like is, and you know, like you know, you can go to gaming for gaming news to IGN or any other podcast, but I want to talk about games and I want to talk about what, what we love about them. I want to tear them apart and put them back together and, and have a discussion on that. So I think that's what we're going to focus on, uh, on this podcast going forward. Because I really love the topic of of, uh, of a discussion tonight. And of course, uh, Kyle, it was fine having you on. Um, <laughs> it was it, it was fine. just fine. It was just <laughs> mediocre. <laughs> it was just fine having you on. Six point five out of ten. I had um, a mildly around average experience. I thought you were going to say a mildly arousing experience. I was a like, mildly, that's, <laughs> my, that's what I was yeah, waiting for. I was, I, and that's honestly what I thought. That's honestly where I thought you were going. Uh, so I don't know what that says about me or not. Um, but uh, God, like, God, I, I know I need to get to bed, but all I want to do when we get off is just play Octopath Traveler. Like that's, that's all I want to fucking do is play this goddamn game. Ah, Square Enix, what have you done? Um, Ah, but anyway, how often how how often do you wake up in the middle of the night to like go to the bathroom and instead sit and play Octopath Traveler for like three? Hours? I've done that like once. <laughs> I did it once actually, 
on this past Saturday night, I I actually I actually woke up. I went to bed at like I was up till one thirty playing the game, and then I woke up at like four to take a piss. And then, like, you know, I, I was like, oh, fuck it. I went downstairs and, like, just pulled my Switch out of the dock and sat on the couch and played Octopath Traveler for another two hours. But uh, I'm not going to say I haven't done that. But, man, this, dude, this game is in my head. Like, no other game has been in a long time, and I love it. And with everything I'm going through mentally right now, like, this is this is just, like, this is, like, the chicken soup that my fucking gaming soul needed right now. So I'm, I'm really loving it. And, of course, there's a bunch of great games coming out in the past. Oh, by the way, real quick. I don't know if you guys saw or not, but did you see that Mario Kart uh, 8 Deluxe got a fucking update today? Yep. The uh, the Breath of the Wild update. Breath of the Wild update. Yeah. Well, I, I am yeah. so impressed that they're still... Well, here's the thing. That game is consistently on the top 10 NPD charts every month since release, so it doesn't surprise me. Is Mario Kart, like, every time there's a Mario Kart release, like, everybody's playing... Like, that's one of those games that always has a fucking audience. Yeah. Everybody's always playing that fucking game online. I can get yeah, up. There are people that still play Mario Kart 64. And stuff. Oh yeah. So I mean, oh, yeah. the, the, those games are always gonna have fucking people playing. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll go ahead and cut it off here. Uh, Sam, stick around real quick because I want to. I want to tell you something funny that happened this week. Um, yeah. And uh, for everybody else, uh, as always, it's not always poetry. We don't always agree, but we always keep it real. So until next week, please take care of each other. Have a good one, guys. Which of three combats is goat?